Good afternoon, Callum. Welcome back. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? Good to be Wonderful. back. Wonderful. How are you? Very well, thank you. Slightly sleep deprived, but uh, all in all, can't complain. In a very good place. You're looking pretty fresh faced for being sleep deprived. Yeah. Um, just it's all that healthy good... living. Yeah, well, you could say that or just a good moisturizer. <laughs> <laughs> combination of both yeah yeah um no i don't the healthy living is kind of i'd like i'd like to say you know being being on the podcast that it's all sunshine and rainbows but the reality is very very different from that (laughs) i currently if i am to have anything like have if i do want a snack right Mm. then i'll always have i'll always have fruit first Mm -hmm. And then I'll decide afterwards whether or not I want the snack or not. Nine times out of ten, I don't. I just because the fruit's enough. It's hit my sugar, it's yeah. hit my sweet tooth and whatnot. But um being in a sleep deprived state, yeah, I often go for the snack as well. Yeah. My um I used to call those kind of sleep deprived days the, the caffeine and carbs days. Because yeah, that's what great days for training. Hey? Great days for training. Well, and there were some days where I didn't really think anything good was going to happen, but um, ended up having a great session because I was hyped up on uh, on the two C's. Yeah, I mean, if there were, if there is a god out there, it's God's natural uh, drug of choice is caffeine. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what are we talking about today, Callum? In episode, correct? Thir- Did I just say it's thirteen? We are doing, we are recording episode 13. Yes, we are. To all the people out there, this is episode 13. And what we're going to discuss today is something that I think a lot of us can take a lot of value from. And it's going to be what society's perception of what healthy actually is. So Dave and I are going to try and bust a few myths today because society's perception of what healthy is pretty much six packs and thigh gaps but the reality is are these individuals that we're trying to aspire to be like actually healthy and that's what we're going to discuss yes indeed and i'm just going to write down something while i remember (laughs) so i think um i think we just get started let's get stuck in what we need actually dave I think um, I think it would be a good kind of once we've introduced it, kind of like what we've done right now is we need a sponsor. You know, when you listen to kind of the big name podcast, they always have a sponsor halfway through the intro. Yeah. So, um, this episode is brought to you by type of thing. Exactly. Exactly. So, Callum Duffy Coaching and EdinburghPT.com. Yeah, there we go. Plug. <laughs> Done. Plug. <laughs> and a wee jingle. Right, let's get stuck in. Um, yes, yeah, so as we as I discussed, we're going to talk about society's perception of fitness and what it actually is. And Dave and I are going to bust these myths. Um, a lot of the time when I'm speaking to new clients, etc., they think that they want to have that six pack, that thigh gap. They want to be the weight that the where they were when they were 18, 19, 20. 
And they think it's possible. They think the reality is, if I just do this, X, Y, and Z, then a magic wand is going to wave and appear, and I'm going to look like how I was. Truth is, you're not. And why is that? Well, why is a six-pack hard to get? Dave? Well... <laughs> it, like, like, look at it from another way, Ryan. When you're in your teens, late teens, before you kind of discovered drinking and late night pizza, you're probably a lot more active. You haven't gained much in the way of significant body fat, probably, if you're remotely active or sporty. Um, and you're just kind of leaner. Like mm -hmm. once you've added 10 years to that of different eating habits, probably more sedentary because of your job demands, probably less likely to be able to play the sports that you did when you were a teenager. Your activity levels go down, your food intake comes up, adding to kind of a bit of weight gain. And it's not to say that you don't have abs because you absolutely do. You just can't see them as well. And trying to shoehorn your teenage activity levels into your late 20s, early 30s and beyond lifestyle is pretty damn hard because of all the other commitments you have. And in order to get back to that level, you have to go through a significant period of deprivation. Uh -huh. Um, significant calorie deficit, or at least a calorie deficit for a significant amount of time. You're going to have to navigate all the stresses that your current lifestyle provides. And it makes it very, very difficult to do. It's, it is absolutely possible if you want to do that, but you're going to have to accept that there are going to be significant sacrifices to get there. And, and I think point, maintain it. Yeah, exactly. And I think when you relay those sacrifices to, to the people who want to achieve that, some people, of course, you get the 1% of people that go, yep, no problem at all. And those are the all or nothing individuals. But when you actually say to somebody that, you know, birthdays, weddings, Christmases, uh, nights out, social occasions, going into the summer months, barbecues, etc., all have to be cancelled. Yeah. Or you go to them and you don't enjoy them. Yeah, and you get you get coined as that individual who is boring, or who is kind of a fitness freak, or you know whatever. These are these are all words that have haven't been used, and mm. you know even more severe than that. If you're speaking to people who are further down the line of you know these extreme diets to get to where they want to be is you know massive mood swings and you know for the females potential and disturbances within their menstrual cycle as well yeah. you know these are these are all things that people are potentially unaware of when they first start or first decide that they want to get a six-pack or mm -hmm. potentially a thigh gap um, but when you relay this information to them um and they're like, oh no, no, I don't, I don't want to get, I don't want, I don't want to do that. I've got uh, a mate's wedding in two weeks. I've got a stag do. I've got a hen do, or whatever. Then, yeah. then that's where we have to look at more of a sustainable approach to 
ultimately get that individual into a position where they're feeling leaner, they're feeling healthier, they're feeling happier, and they're improving their overall well-being, both physically and mentally, without sacrificing too much of the things that they enjoy doing. And this for me, and I know, Dave, you can chip in with this, but I'm pretty sure you share the same uh, mindset where this is primarily what we're all about, is what we we want to do we want or i want or i would like my clients to be able to pick up their kid from a back seat of a car without pulling a muscle on their back or i want them to be able to play on all fours on the ground with you know playing trains or whatever you know that's that's what i that's what i'm into um mm-hmm. with my clients and you know if somebody wants to get a six pack then cool we can we can go and crack on and go down that line but it's mm-hmm. almost highlighting beforehand the potential um problems that may occur and highlighting these issues to them first and foremost but that's not healthy which is what the title of this podcast is that is not a six-pack's not healthy based on what i've kind of just highlighted yeah so if we kind of break down a few things in there yeah i think initially when clients come to us with that kind of goal i want to be lean I want to lose X number of kilos. I want to be a size 10 or get into a 34 waist jean or, you know, whatever it is. There, there's a couple of things going on. First of all, they're associating where they were when they were in that size or mm-hmm. at that dress size or whatever with a happy period in their life. And they think that by getting back to that, it's going to make them happier. Yeah. That's the, that's the first thing. So you kind of have to acknowledge that that is, um, I think, like that, has, that, that is how they feel. But what I find with the majority of clients with that type of goal, once they've made a little bit of headway into that and they've found a nice balance between calories and activity level, uh, body composition, performance, um stress levels um energy they get to a point where that's good enough and they realize that that is actually what their goal was it was finding that balance where they're happy with all of those factors being lined up in a row so it's not they, they might have that idea that getting like you say there is that one percent that wants to get shredded they just want like striations and everything, right? But the majority, once they start moving better, once they're able to do all the physical day-to-day stuff without feeling out of breath, without feeling like it's a strain, without having to ask for help to carry in something heavy, and they've got more energy, the you know all the niggles have disappeared, they've got a little bit better body composition compared to where they were maybe, then they realize that actually that is what they were looking for. And it's our job, I think, to help them get to that point. Yeah. And that can be very difficult because over the last, I don't know, since the 80s, the ideal has been, like for guys, like we always talk about women's insane expectations for body composition, right? It's this super lean model. She's six foot tall. She's about, 
I know. 55 kilos, legs up to her armpits with a thigh gap and perfect abs. And then you look at the guy's one, it's flipping Schwarzenegger, He-Man. I mean, even Skeletor was shredded. Like he, he was jacked, he was huge. Like, and that's the expectation for guys. Like, so guys expect to be this massive kind of Arnold type monster. And women are expected to be this size zero, six foot tall supermodel. Yeah. And you know, we're fighting against all that expectation because that's still what's in most of the magazines. You know, so people associate those things with happiness and success and all the rest of it, but those people don't even look like that. Nineteen, no. well, ever because they're photoshopped to all blazes. I think that um, I think He Man from back in the day has got something to do with the plastic crisis that we're currently in right now. I mean, the amount of plastic <laughs> on that body is ridiculous. There's muscles and muscles and muscles that people didn't even know their muscles were. Yeah. Biceps on top of his biceps. Oh, it's mental. It's absolutely crazy. But no, I think I think Dave, what we've just said there's absolutely bang on and. Um, you know, you can also ask as well, what does that thigh gap or what does that six pack represent to that individual? Mm. What do they think that six pack brings to them? Do they think they'll have more friends? Do you think they become popular? Do you think, you know, I guess you could say it's the same. I mean, why do you want to buy a BMW? Why do you want to buy a Aston Martin? Why do you want to buy that? You know, things, it's not because they're a good car. I mean, yeah, they're reliable cars, they're nice cars, etc. But it's not how it makes you feel. It's how it makes you look to others, yeah. which makes you feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And a six pack can be used in the same context as that because you think the idea of being healthy and the idea of being fit is to get a six pack. But the reality is that's not your real goal. Your real goal is to feel more confident. Your real goal is to feel healthier and happier. But you think in getting a six pack is that where actually what you're doing is you're making yourself miserable in the process to a potential um, person and live a life that is not truly authentic to yourself. Yeah. And I, th- I think that ties back into what we're saying about helping people understand what they're really after. And if they feel more, sh- if they feel stronger, more energized and more physically confident and more physically capable, that usually translates into the confidence they were looking for. Like body comp plays into that. You know, and, and we could go down the route of body comp shouldn't matter because it doesn't, not really. But you can't get past the fact that, that a lot of people tie up their, their physical appearance with confidence and happiness and all the rest of it. And that's a lot of stuff to unpick. And I don't think I'm anywhere near qualified to be able to do it. But, you know, helping people feel better in themselves, physically, energy-wise, all that sort of stuff, I think um, can play a massive role into building that level of self-confidence that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that results in a six-pack or not, most often it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like, virtually, 
well, not virtually all, say about 80% of my clients come to me with a body composition type goal. And I would say 90% of them get to the point where good enough is good enough. You know, they're, they're not super lean. They're significantly stronger. They don't have niggles. The back pain's disappeared. The knee pain's gone. They're able to handle their day-to-day -day without any issue whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And fat loss almost becomes a forgotten part of the goal. And you could argue that that's a failure, but I would argue I'm giving them something more. Mm -hmm. We yeah. still have a focus on nutrition and all the rest of it, but the, body, the, the goal now isn't to get lean, to lose X amount of body fat. It is to feel good and move well. It's almost you're, you're transitioning somebody's mind, aren't you, from what they perceive as success to what is actually success. Yeah. yeah. So to begin with, what you were just saying was people want to lose weight, lose fat as their primary goal. Yeah. But as they go further down into their journey or cliche, I know it sounds, and we need to come up with another word rather than journey, but um, journey or whatever, um, the fat loss, weight loss side of things is kind of almost step to the side. And when mm. you start to feel more confident and you start to look a certain way and you start to um, feel stronger, Mm -hmm. that's what they start to feel better about is what you're saying and yeah. then when that carries over into their lifestyle it's almost about let's maintain that mm -hmm. let's try and get stronger and it's almost like weight loss and fat loss is a byproduct of exactly. that new thought process that they're going on is that is that safe to say yeah um that puts it pretty well it's it's funny that the more that people put their energy into improving their performance, improving their daily movement, and improving their nutrition because it helps them feel good, it's amazing how the side effect of that is, is improved body composition. Yeah. You know, they're no longer chasing improved body composition as a primary goal but it comes along as a really nice side effect to what they end up doing. Because um, they're putting less stress. I think part of it is because they put less stress on that side of things. You know, when, when yeah. fat loss is the primary goal and the sole focus, there can be so much stress put on that because it is a slow process that people don't really understand how slow a process it is. Uh -huh. When they start thinking, you know, I'm not losing body fat, I'm, I'm not making progress on this, why is this not working? I need to cut calories more, I need to do more stuff, I need to start cardio, I need to do this, this, and this. The amount of stress that, that puts on their system uh -huh. actually ends up counteracting what they're trying to do. Uh -huh. You know, purely uh -huh. from like a cortisol spike and water retention, like without even looking at body fat, like this, the scale just doesn't move. That puts yeah. more stress on the system. So stop yeah. weighing yourself. Stop yeah. focusing on rapid fat loss. Start focusing on improved health, improved performance, and the body composition will take care of itself. So let's um, let's dive into a couple of things that you said there. Um, with regards to fat loss mm -hmm. or, or weight loss, um, people have a, a, a false expectation, a false reality of how 
fast weight actually drops sustainably whilst mm. noticing differences. Um, the thing that comes off a lot faster, but it actually does. Yeah. Um, so ballpark figures, if you are losing uh, roughly, roughly, very roughly, a pound a week. Half a kilo. Half a kilo. I would physically class that as a massive success. Absolutely. Whereas a lot of people think that oh, it's only a pound or it's only half a kilo. Yeah. I'm not losing weight fast enough. Yeah. But if you, I know it sounds, it sounds too easy to be true, but if you actually think about just multiplying that success by four to give you a month, yeah. That's you lost four pounds in that month. And that's huge. That's massive. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is people don't understand what four pounds of fat loss looks like. No, no. Like, exactly. That's not going to get you shredded. Like if, if you're 10 kilos over where you think you should be, two kilos is not going to make a massive difference. It's not going to get you a six pack, but you will see the difference. Like, if you take comparison photos or comparison measurements, that's a significant change. Um, but it's not as big as what people think should happen. And I think we've said this before, that I think the fault firmly lies with the fitness magazines and fitness websites that are like, get shredded in six weeks. Yeah, you can get shredded in six weeks if you're 10% body fat and you're trying to get down to eight. That, that is probably doable. If you're 25% body fat, you're not getting shredded in six weeks. You're getting disappointed in six weeks because you had this expectation that you're going to have, you know, abs or a thigh gap, and it's not going to happen. And, you know, for a thigh gap, that's largely genetic anyway. It depends on how your hips are built. Like, not everybody's yeah. hips are built the same way. Yeah. You know, and exactly. it's, it's this these false expectations that have been set up by print media websites social media that you can do these amazing transformations in rapid amounts of time yeah and we we have to work harder to dispel those myths and understand let help help people understand that the reality is much slower takes a lot more patience and a lot more consistency um, and it doesn't require you to slash your calories to 1,200 a day or walk 20,000 steps a day or do ridiculous workouts seven days a week because that's not sustainable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of these things that bugs me endlessly <laughs> about the industry that we're in is these idiot charlatans that are putting out this guff information and setting up people for failure. Yeah, they should all just be. I don't know. Something bad should happen to them. That's anyway, probably about as angry as you're ever going to see Dave get <laughs> or hear Dave get. <laughs> it um, it just bugs me. Yeah. No, it does. It does because what what it's actually doing is damaging people a lot more than than they think it is, and ultimately our job is to kind of rebuild them. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what your onboarding process is like for a client. Um, I've got a question at the very end of my uh, questionnaire that everybody gets. 
And that's how quickly we'd like to see results. Mm. Slow and sustainable or fast and aggressive. Nine times out of 10, everybody goes slow and sustainable, which is, which is brilliant because that's, yeah. that's what you want. Yeah. But the odd person will go fast and aggressive for as fast as possible. And you're like, all right, okay, cool. Let's, uh, let's do it for a week. Let's, yeah. let's, see, <laughs> let's see what happens. And before you know it, they're like, oh, I can't do this. Can I, um, can I up my calories? Or can I, can I cut back on the amount of steps I have to do? It's like, yeah, absolutely. So you're now wanting a slow and sustainable process. Yes, yeah. because it's very unrealistic for the lifestyle I'm currently living. Yeah. And I've never put anybody's calories to 1,200. Oh, but what I have done is when, when clients are used to eating a certain amount of food, yeah. that almost becomes norm. And without realizing it, that's them into, uh, that's nine times out of 10, them in a calorie surplus. So what I tend to do is to begin with is put everybody into calorie maintenance just to kind of get some equilibrium within their diet. And then slowly think about once the foundations are set, put them into a, a fat loss deficit to, to accelerate the results. But that's not until like 12 weeks down the line. Mm. But for the people who want to come in for, the fast and aggressive, I'll just go right, find calorie deficit straight away before you know it, it's 1700 calories less than what they're currently eating. And they're like, whoa, can't do that. You can't do that. Oh, and by the way, you have to walk at least 15,000 steps as well. Okay, no, definitely not doing it. It's funny, I've only ever had one client come close to 1200 calories. And that's because she was scraping five feet tall and she weighed 50 kilos on a good day. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's like even then you're talking 1300 calories. Like if you're anything taller or heavier than that, 1200 calories is misery. I've got a bag of nuts here, right? <laughs> Mixed nuts from Tesco. They could be the sponsor, right? 200 grams. Yep. So per hundred. Grams is 649 calories. So per 100 grams. So two bags of peanuts would be overshooting 1,200 kilos. <laughs> and all I'm having out of this bag is a handful. And that's it. It's just put to the side, right? How sad would your existence be if you yeah. wanted to have 1,200 calories? I mean, just so two packets of nuts. My that's these charlatans that just don't actually think about the people they're working with and just straight away yeah 1200 calories here's four sessions a week of crazy workouts and i want you to get your twenty thousand steps every day it's like stop it you're stupid go away just stop stop what you're doing <laughs> but yeah so but yeah let's, let's, this... let's in a little bit before we take an even wider tangent i think um what ultimately what we're trying to say is thigh gaps and six packs we don't deem necessarily as healthy or a healthy approach to living a sustainable lifestyle yes mm -hmm. people with six packs can of course 100 percent be healthy um they can run sub 25 minute 5ks etc but these are people who have trained for years and years and years it's not uh, first goal for a lot of people yeah. um, let's just get back down to a weight that is going to make you feel comfortable that's yeah. going to make you happy 
that's going to get you into a smaller dress size or jean size or whatever your metric of success is. And then we'll continue at maintaining that. Can you get stronger? Cool. And then we can figure out what to do after that. But from a first goal, from a first standpoint, it is, it is not, the, um, not the approach that I take anyway with, uh, with anybody. Um, but I think this, we, this is something, again, we've talked about before, is the idea of a six-pack or a thigh gap or sculpted shoulders or whatever is often not the individual's own goal. It's no. what we've seen other people achieve with this illusion of success and happiness. But we both know, and we've talked about this before, we both know people who have got very lean and they're not happy people. Like energy levels are low. Um, Stop right there. Stop. They're not happy people. They look the best they've ever looked. Yeah. And their energy levels are low, which is the complete contradiction of what... (laughs) People would look at them thinking they're stoked, they're through the roof with their energy levels, yeah. and they're happy, happy people. So we've just fitness magazines, you get these shredded models with a big cheesy grin on their face. They must be happy. Yeah. Because they were smiling for that split second when the camera was on them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this illusion that, you know, thin, slim, shredded, whatever is the same as happy it's not the same thing it's 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 an illusion and you know the what was it the Arnold classic was on just recently mm-hmm. you've got all these models up on stage you know bodybuilders fitness models male and female in the best shape of their lives and i read one of the training days of one of the guys who placed really highly in one of the, the, the categories, I forget which, but it was like the calories would barely hit a thousand calories. And he was doing two hours of cardio and a lifting session that day. And he had, what he said was for people to get into the shape, they have to really, they have to have a hobby or some kind of distraction to stop them feeling like crap and to help them push through. Now this guy was shredded. He was, you know, hugely muscular, six-pack for days. It was like a 10-pack or something. Super, super lean. And that's what people look at. And this guy is saying, this is a miserable existence. For the 12-week run-up to a competition, to a show, is the most miserable he is all year. Mm -hmm. And to do it, he has to find ways to distract himself because he's so hungry and so tired in order to get to the condition he's in. And you wouldn't be able to sustain many hobbies. No, I mean, like, you'd be hard pushed to do a jigsaw because you wouldn't have the mental energy to figure just, out what way around the thing goes. I was just thinking, like, anything physical is out of the equation. Yeah. You know, like, you'd, you'd be struggling to concentrate on a book for long enough to get any enjoyment from it. Okay. And it's, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it is, it just is. <laughs> I'm running out of words, Callum. It's never a good no, idea. No worry, you're doing, you're doing well. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's not, it's not the, the be all and end all, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so to wrap, let's, let's wrap this up then, Dave. So 
when when we talk about success in terms of people's uh, goals, I would think that energy increase in energy levels, increase in confidence, decrease in um, tape measurements are primarily the three that you know ultimately people would like to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything else is everything else is secondary and a byproduct to that. And at the end of the day, you've got to do what's right for you because if you have any kind of I put it this way, a car is a car, right? Takes you from point A to point B. You can have a car as a Rolls Royce, a Bentley. Dave, I'm going to throw you under the bus here. An Audi uh, <laughs> or a Skoda, right? They will all take you from point A to point B. The only difference being is the Rotax and the amount of fuel that you have to put in each car. Yep. Are you going to be happier driving a Bentley over a Fiat 500? Probably for the first week. Yeah, maybe because you're like, oh my god, it's a status, and what therefore it's what everybody thinks of you in that Bentley. It's like, oh, that person is super successful with their business or with their life. It must be good. Fiat 500 doesn't have that, but the person in the Fiat 500 is probably more successful than the person in the Bentley, but just knows how to manage their money or manage their wealth slightly better. Mm -hmm. They don't need to show off to people in the fancy car, and that's the same with their with their fitness. The six pack is the Bentley, but can you run 5K? Can you run 10K? Can you do X, Y, and Z? Can you walk up a Monroe? I mean, I'm just, can you go for a climb? If somebody said to you, just want to jump on a bike and go for a cycle, can you do that? Um, If the answers are no, then those are the performance goals that we should maybe spin it and work towards to make you healthier, which again, will give you the byproduct of weight loss and fat loss. Yeah. But the people who have that already dialed in, those are the people in the Fiat 500 that know what they want to get for them. And it's keeping, it's making them more authentic and making their, uh, their end goal more, have more purpose than just pure aesthetics. Mm-hmm. I think with that, there is an inverted U of, yeah. of, pretty much everything that you think of in terms of, of fitness. You know, if you're, if you're heavily overweight and unfit, you're not going to feel great. So that's at one end of the U, bottom end of the U. Yeah. Yeah, up to a point of a threshold, everything above it, you feel good. And that might be a certain amount of weight loss, a certain amount of strength built, a certain amount of muscle mass added, a certain amount of cardiovascular fitness improved below that threshold, you're not going to feel you're performing your greatest. So there is a minimum amount that you need to achieve for that. And then going to the other end, getting beyond a certain point is going to be detrimental to everything else. Like if you build, you know, uh, Olympia sized amount of muscle mass, there's a lot of stuff that you're losing out on and you're not going to be able to do. Um, If you get up to that top end of shreddedness, there's going to be a lot of stuff you lose out on, you know, in terms of performance, in terms of um, for men and women, for sex drive, for menstrual cycle, all that stuff dropping off, for energy levels. It's all going to go pear-shaped the further up that way you go. So there is a sweet spot to be had. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's 
it's finding that balance that allows you to, like you say, be authentic to yourself and do the things that you want to do mm-hmm. without suffering too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Cool. Good place to wrap well that one up. Well Sorry? played. Well played. Indeed, sir. That was, uh, yeah, we all smashed that. <laughs> As always, folks. Yeah, indeed. Share, drop a review. We'll get a jingle next time. Okay, we've got a jingle for the podcast. I know that, but we'll get a jingle for our made-up sponsor. And if anybody's listened to this who wants to sponsor the podcast, please do. <laughs> Um, we'll sort you out with a bag of Tesco's mixed nuts as a, yeah. as a payment. And we'll only give you 100 grams at a time. <laughs> right, no, that's not even the serving. The serving's one-eighth, so 25 grams a go. Jeez. Yeah. I bet most people don't know what 25 grams of nuts looks like. It's, yeah, surprising. Surprising. It's not a lot. Especially you get it's, a couple of uh, Brazil nuts in there, there's or walnuts or something like that. They're fairly chunky boys. Maybe we should put this on to um, YouTube. Yeah. yeah, it's only it's only a couple. It's it's not many at all. No. It's not many at all. But guys, we could waffle on about all sorts, but yeah. uh, we will leave you to it. Thank you for your time, everybody. Thanks for listening. Like Alan says, if you can share it, rate it, review it, all that good stuff, that would be very much appreciated. Um, as always, if you have any questions, you know where to find us in the show notes. And we'll be back next week, hopefully with another guest. Yes, exciting times. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Take <laughs> it easy. Take it easy. Bye.